Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In 2022, a pair of former ball players and a talented young broadcaster were tasked with creating a college football podcast. These men promptly escaped into the mountains of West Virginia and got to work. If you want top-level football analysis, off-topic stories, and locker room humor, you're in the right place. You are in the gun. In the gun episode number 61 it's time to talk about some of big o's teammates from his high school his collegiate and his professional career we're going to talk coolest teammates all right not not favorite not the best but just coolest guys who just walked into the room and commanded attention guys who had that moxie guys who were funny who had a a gravitating personality right we'll get to all of that in just a moment it'll be the big o episode here on itg but i am wesley euler with the best teammates in the business the runaway beer truck himself owen schmidt down the sideline and the signal caller jed drenning in this episode of itg as always brought to you by our friends at bet online folks bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs you can get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games also available to play right on your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and get in on the action and make sure you use the promo code believe when you sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V at bet online where the game starts. And you know, it's fitting that this is the, uh, the big O episode here when, I mean, I tell you what, look at this backdrop. If you're watching on YouTube, look at this backdrop that big O has behind him. He looks like a professor about to give a lecture here. I love it. Big O live from the storage unit in Raynell, West Virginia. It Are does actually, <laughs> I think he's, I think I'll he's pulling his leg. Dog. This yeah. ain't a damn storage unit, Jed. Come on now. You're now, so before cool, we, dog. he is very gullible. Before we started recording here, we were all like, oh, and where are you? That looks really he nice. He was like, oh, I'm in a storage unit. I just, I set it up. Uh, you sandbagged son of a gun, you big O. I tell you what, we're going to get to, uh, to Big O's storage unit memories and all these different things here. But first, a couple headlines, as always, to get us started. Uh, Jed, Pac-12 Media Day is coming up here uh, at the end of the week. And what the heck is going on with this media deal for the Pac-12, or maybe a lack thereof is the better way to put it. Let's pivot real quick, and you can explain this better than me, Wes, but at the top of the show is probably the best time to mention. We're trying to drive as many people to Believe.com, right? Uh, good call. Okay, so let's let's hit that road. Again, you can explain yes. that better than I can. But. Yes, so essentially we, you know, this past year or so that we've been doing this podcast, we've, our production stuff has been all over the place. We used to have someone who helped us 
Uh, he is no longer with us. We've got Skyler in the fold, of course, who you all met last week, uh, who we're really excited to be working with. But due to some of the confusion over the past year and the relationship that we had with Believe and some of the stuff that was set up for us by our former producer, we discovered this past week that we actually have two different podcast feeds. So th they're both the same. So wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, if you put in In the Gun Podcast, there's actually two different feeds. One of those is the one that our old producer created. The other one is the Believe feed that has a picture of Owen hurtling the Rutgers player as, as, the, as, the, as, as the icon. Now, here's our predicament, is that we would like to navigate everything over to Believe because they're a network that we're a part of, and they've got a big distribution network and resources and all those different things. But we've got like 100 times more downloads. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a little dramatic. We've got like 50 times more downloads really? on, our, on our other feed as opposed to the Believe feed. So we're going to grandfather this thing in. We're going to continue to upload into both here for a little while until we get everybody on the same page. But if you are subscribed to the In the Gun feed that has our ITG logo, eventually, again, not right away, but eventually that one is going to, to stop being updated. You need to sus subscribe to the In the Gun podcast feed that has Owen hurtling over that poor soul from oh, Rutgers. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you just watch us on YouTube, unaffected yeah. you're unaffected by all this that's the good news and so maybe you should you know all just start subscribing and watching us on youtube and then we won't have to worry as much but we apologize for the confusion like i said we're going to grandfather this thing in we're not pulling the rug out from anybody's feet or anything like that right away but we discovered this past week and some back and forth and some confusion with our producers on the believe side of things that we actually have two different podcast feeds same episodes yeah. same content all that um but make sure you're doing us a favor and uh, subscribing to the correct feed, which is, again, the one that has the picture of Owen hurtling the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. In other words, we can't tell you how much you're expressing enough, how much we appreciate the support because yeah, in these other platforms, whether it's Apple or Spotify, we've had tens and tens and tens and th of thousands of downloads. So now what we're trying to do is channel or funnel those. It's just as easy to find. It's not going to be more difficult to find. It's just as when, as Wes touched on, when you do your search, go to the believe version of it, because right now there's going to be both versions available because we don't want to just have everybody hit a brick wall and wonder where we went. So we're trying to get and spread the word migrate away from whatever you might currently be using toward the believe one with, with the logo that, that Wes said has Owen jumping over the, the Rutgers guy both say in the gun, but only one has Owen jumping like that. So Correct. move toward that one, I believe, B-L-E-A-V. And we will just again if you yeah. just if you just put in the gun in your in your search it'll bar, up. it'll it'll yep. it'll be there. Yeah. It's it's okay, just so yep. now that we and have like the housekeeper behind us. Yep, we're, do, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grandfather this in for you. We it, it the, the second feed won't go away anytime soon. We'll we'll keep it up here into the season and make sure everybody has time and we'll continue to kind of make sure we say this briefly in every episode. But yeah, yes. again, if you're watching on YouTube. If you like to see our beautiful mugs in a, in a visual format and all the graphics and stuff that, that Jed produces during the, the season for our previews uh, and the great graphics that Skyler's producing for us as well, too, uh, on YouTube in the Gun Podcast. Just subscribe there and, and everything yep. is going to be all gravy, baby. Uh, 
Now, no. Jed, real quick, before we get into the Pac-12 media deal, a, another thank you to our friends at Toothman Ford. Of course, folks, we all know cars cost less than Grafton. Make sure you're getting your butts to Grafton for all your vehicle needs. There you go. Supporting uh, those I, I who support Mountaineer park, Athletics. Literally, there's so much inventory. I, I stopped at CJR. I couldn't find a place to park because it's just it's swelling with inventory. But I texted JR. Of course, he's out and about running a basketball camp. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there, there's a thousand reasons to buy your cars at Toothman Ford. Uh, and many people have posted just because of how good Toothman Ford is in this new landscape of NIL to WVU sports. But J.R. Toothman's a great dude. He's got a great staff, but not just that because he's my buddy, because he's our boy, because he's so good to WVU. But they truly do have a ton of things to choose from in that lot. But but I'm glad you pointed that out, Wes. Yeah, I was just uh, about noon today. I was out that way. But, but uh, as far as the Pac-12, their media day. Yeah, what's going on there? Week. And, uh, you know, we were alluding to, among others, Brett McMurphy tweeted out, it, it sounds, because we asked last week when we were talking to Skyler, is there a possibility that the commissioner of the Pac-12, George Kliatkov, can actually step to the podium to start Big 12, or excuse me, Big 12, Pac-12 media days at the end of the week and still not have a media rights deal? Uh, well, it's looking more and more like that is going to be the case. Yeah. Brett McMurphy tweets, uh, no coach or Amazon Prime because Dion's not going to be there either. He's having issues with that fall off and that foot surgery he's had. And thoughts with that poor guy with what he's dealing with there. Say what you want about Dion, but let's let's get his health right so we can get back on the sidelines. Uh, at Pac-12 Media Day, uh, Colorado's Dion Sanders won a 10 while recovering from Pac-12 surgery and won't announce and the Pac-12 won't announce a new meteorites deal on Friday. So two of the big things they thought were going to provide some sizzle to that stake. First, sure. Dion being around. He's not going to be in-house. So, And then they were hoping, uh, at least from the outside looking in, to have some sort of deal to announce. And that, it appears, from all sources, maybe they'll surprise everybody, but uh, it appears that that's not going to be the case at media uh, days, at least. Now, of course... The company line will be from the Pac-12 saying, well, in the 11th hour, there have been other interested parties, and it's going to take more time, and things are right, looking good. Right. Believe what you want to believe, but it, it, I don't see it as a positive that they're going to, at least it appears, uh, go through media days without being able to announce some sort of meteorite deal, meteorites deal with the instability created about a year ago this time with the departure, announced departure of USC and UCLA following this year. So where does this go from here? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a lack of pop? Uh, no TV deal, no no Dion Prime Sanders. They're obviously, I think, all due respect to Lincoln Riley, who's a huge national name as well too. I mean, Dion is their biggest draw, clearly from from a coaching standpoint. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see some of the uh, the messaging, the narrative that they try and spin out of all of that, and you know maybe shuffling some, t some chairs on the Titanic there is, is, as well too, as everything starts to go down yeah. and just keep, just keep playing, just keep playing the violin and the cello as the Titanic sinks, nothing to look at here. Um, finally for our headlines here as well too, guys, before we get into big O's coolest teammates, um, Jed pro football focuses, um, all preseason Big 12 team came out, and there were a few Mountaineers represented on the offensive side, one Mountaineer on the defensive side, and I just want to be transparent with this. Um, I like pro football focus 
when they put out numbers and statistics that back up what I think. I dislike I, I dislike them all other times. So so this is one of the times actually that uh that we're picking up what they're putting down. What did uh PFF have to say with their uh, preseason All Big Twelve team and, and and the Mountaineers in there as well too? Well, first let's establish the difference between what PFF's all about and putting their team together versus maybe some of the other media outlets. It's not a popularity contest. Okay, say what you like about PFF. Some people come just short of swearing by it. Some people aren't big fans of it in the coaching community. But I tell you what, they've worked their way, guys, into appearing on a lot of scouting reports internally throughout the country. In other words, sometimes you'll have programs at least take a peek at what the PFF ranking for a certain player might be and include that in the data sets that they provide for their players, among many other things. But so that kind of tells you how far PFF has come. I mean, yeah, they, they have a full-time job of sitting around and breaking down tape and evaluating, and and it's much more detailed uh, than maybe some of the other metrics that you're looking at from a consumption standpoint. But uh, there's a subscription service to it. Of course, I subscribe to it just like anything else. I can't get enough of this information. So I like to kind of compare their notes with what they're seeing, with what I'm seeing on tape. But it's a good thing when you have – Offensively, for starters, three-fifths of the pro football focus offensive line preseason team are Mountaineers. And not just Mountaineers, homegrown Mountaineers. Yeah. Suspects that you would imagine, starting with Zach Frazier at center, Doug Nestor, and Wyatt Milam. So the three of them, again, there's only five throughout 14 teams in the Big 12. There are only five offensive linemen listed. Okay. Now, real quick, do the math. 14 times five is what? All right, you're looking at 70 possibilities, okay, that can land in these final five. We have three of those five. So we understand that the offensive line could potentially be a building block for this team. This is just a little bit more evidence in the form of exhibit A, B, or C as to why we we believe that. Again, this is tape evaluation. This isn't just, hey, that guy, I'm a sports writer, and I think he played really well, so I'm going to vote for him. That's not what this is. This is more about tape evaluation and analytics and and metrics and driven that way. So I think no matter how you stack it, it's good news. So on the offensive side, three-fifths of the O-line. And on the defensive side, all offseason, PFF has given Aubrey Burks a lot of love. He's yeah, one of the higher-rated returning safeties in the league, so it's not a surprise by virtue of that to find Aubrey on this preseason team. And I'll tell you what, as somebody who's going to be playing center field and trying to help us keep a lid on things after how how leaky we were uh, last year in terms of allowing big plays, uh, I think that's another promising side on the defensive side that Aubrey's there. But I, I like what I'm seeing with these PFF numbers and and you're going to see Penn State's offensive line, and we'll talk about the defensive line, ranked among the best in the nation. And we'll talk about that more as we get into August and approach that game. But you talk about a clash of the Titans, RO line against Penn State's D line right out of the gates, Owen. Again, this team has potential, and I can find a path to where this offense can be a high-end offense. But I can't find a path to that without this offensive line being just absolutely exceptional. Yeah, I actually was at the uh, Josuad golf tournament here over the, over the weekend. Got an opportunity to run into Zach. 
and uh, probably rambled on a little too long. Uh, had a couple brewskis, brouhaha's, brewski lows, and uh, just basically said, hey man, uh, when you guys decide to be the team, uh, you'll be the team. So it, it, it's really, what kind of dog are you going to come to the fight with, right? Are you going to be that guy? Are you going to be the wolf amongst dogs? Or are you going to be the, the puppy amongst uh, St. Bernard's? You know what I mean? So I think we have the opportunity. We have some of the players. But what team is going to show up? Yep. Good way of putting it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And And while... You know, this is one of those things, too, while we know these guys all have talent, while they have pedigree, um, I mean, we've talked about uh, Zach has the opportunity. It, it, listen, it's really hard to be drafted in the first round as a center in the NFL, but he's got an opportunity to be a, an early day two guy, I think, in, in the in the NFL draft. Um, but a lot of times, too, I think we can fall in love, sports fans in general, with experience, Experience means nothing if, like Owen said, if, if you don't if you don't go out there and put it all together and, and be that team. You want to have the experienced offensive line. We do have the experienced offensive line. Now let's have that be the reason that we go out there and, and win some games here going forward. And I think you're absolutely right, Jed. I mean, Penn State is nasty in the trenches on both sides of the football. They're going to have a couple first-round picks in the trenches on both sides of the football, you know, 10 months from now at the next NFL draft. Uh, if you can start at a high note there, that might be the best group you see all season, and then you can really you can really take off. I think that's a, that's a, a hope for all of us here as we get closer and closer to that September second date out there in prime time in Happy Valley. If you are uh, traveling, yes. oh, go ahead. Yes, not to cut you off, but you know no, our schedule is very heavy up front, and then we kind of not saying it gets easy, but if we can weather that storm, like you were saying, I mean, we have a good opportunity to end this thing off pretty, pretty stout. Yep. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Um, if you can, if you can find that rhythm and that momentum and that chemistry early, you, you got a real opportunity to, to make some hay down the stretch. I think that's Those a great first call. Five games, you come out slugging and you find a way to make some hay. Um, you're going to be a massive underdog under the lights at Penn State, 17, 18 points. That that line will probably shrink as the game approaches, but still a very heavy underdog. We're going to have to, if we have any chance to win that game, we'll literally, and this is something we'll talk about later, have to do something West Virginia football since 1891 is never one time done. And that is beat a team on the road in a true road game, not a bowl game, ranked higher than number nine because Penn State by any measures probably six seven in most of these polls we've never in our history done that then you're gonna have to be pit at home to avenge that loss last year then you got a very talented Texas Tech team coming to town that is getting a lot of buzz and a lot of love they were one of the darlings of the offseason and then oh by the way and they've beat you for the national championship 48 to 10 last year and then after that a TCU team that just happened to play in the national championship last year Throw Duquesne in, there's your first five games. So to Owen's point, you come out swinging and then come up for air after week five and see where you're at. And if you survive that, things could get interesting. Yes, they could. They certainly could. We'll uh, all have our eyes, of course, 730 primetime, September 2nd against those Penn State Nittany Lions and that talented group that will be preseason top 10, as Jed said. If you're traveling to Happy Valley over Labor Day weekend – Hey, 
make sure you're fueling up at GoMart, signing up for your GoMart rewards. Uh, They're here to keep you going throughout the Mountain State and onward. You know, slap a couple flying Dub V magnets on your car, fill up at GoMart, and get your beef jerky like Jed likes to do, right? Pick up some cold ones and throw them in the cooler. And, uh, and head up there to the Happy Valley and, and make some noise. And remember, we've been spreading the word on this for a while. We need to get back on. Wear gold if you're going to that game, all right? Because they're yes. they're going to be yes. all in their they're going to be in their white with the blue stripe down the middle. Great. All right. So you want to stand out. Last year against Pitt, it was tough because the colors are so similar. Yeah. This year, don't wear navy blue. All right. And I especially listen. A lot of our older fans listening to this podcast. I know you guys don't like the gold. You like the traditional blue. I get it. I'm kind of with you, but not for this game. Wear your gold, oh, t-shirt, hat, whatever you end up wearing as we uh, will hopefully make some noise out there in Happy Valley. And what is, as someone who's been there twice when they've played Ohio State in the past, uh, truly one of the great college football environments, particularly an opening season game, an old school throwback rivalry, and a, a fan base that is expecting a, a top 10 type season, a uh, potential Big Ten championship season from their Nittany Lions. It's it's going to be very exciting, and we will dive into that, obviously, much more as we roll along here. But now it is time for the soup du jour, the dish du jour. And that, of course, is we've teased before that we had some goofy offseason topics that we're going to, you know, kick around at some point. Because let's face it, this is the, you know, the quietest time. Football never really goes quiet or goes away. But this is the quietest time of the football calendar, I think. One of those things is big Owen Schmidt's coolest teammates. Now, Again, I prefaced this earlier, but you know that was about 15 minutes ago. I want to bring this up again. This is not Owen's best friends. This is not the greatest guys I ever met. This is not the best football players. These are just, you know, the fawns, right? It, it, dudes that would just lock, walk in a locker room and, and hit the jukebox and snap their fingers and start dancing, right? Coolest teammates that Owen ever had. All right, Jed. You and I have our five, and we're not we're not doing this in any particular order, all right? Because we don't want to put anybody on the spot. Yeah. We don't want any of old Owen's old buddies to listen to this and say, "Hey, well, you had me four, and you had him three. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the heck, man?" Um, so, Jed, you and I first will give our five guesses, okay? And yes. and just a, just a quick explanation of maybe why we think this person is on there. Can I start us off here and say Please. that you and I you and I both think Jason Kelsey is going to be in Owen's top five? Yeah, I I think that just as guys who know Owen, I'd be surprised if there's a couple. We'll start with Kelsey, but I, I do think Jason Kelsey, who if I'm not mistaken, Owen, you only played actually technically one year with him, his rookie year in Philly. Yeah. But uh, you've maintained a relationship with him and the Kelsey family ever since. You went to a Super Bowl with them. So, yes, I would agree. I'd be very surprised if Jason Kelsey is not among one of your five coolest. Final answer. I think I think we both had that one uh, intact here. I've got three NFL players, three of his NFL teammates, and two of his Mountaineer teammates. Wow. What's, okay. your, what's, your, what's your breakdown there, Jedger? Well, you know, uh, I'm kind of NFL heavy too. And and I wanted to go on the college route instead of the ones that you might expect. I wanted to go for a couple long shots, dark horses, okay. right? I like that. Uh, I like that. Matter of fact, matter of fact, go ahead, throw one out, throw one out there. Go for let it. Let me reach for one now. Again, this is a guy, he was he was a popular kid within the program, but it wasn't by virtue of what he did on the field. Okay. 
Uh, he was a head smart football guy, high football IQ kid, uh, but he was a backup. Uh, and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to roll with it. Here's a name, Markel Harrison. Ooh, I think a lot a of good guys, there was a lot of love that's for Markel Harrison and he just right. seemed like one of those glue guys, you know, in the background, right? He sure, wasn't sure, going to blow sure. you away on the field. I, he had very limited snaps throughout his whole career. Maybe one I like it. I like it. But, but I, he just seemed to me, and this is from the outside looking in. Okay. He seemed to me to be one of those types of guys. Now this is a long swinging for the fences on this one. Uh, this is a long shot, but, but uh, that is a guess is a mark. I like it. Okay. I like, all right, give me, give me your, give me your other three that are on well, your, your turn. Now. You go with one. You go with one. Okay. okay uh, I'm going to go with Michael Vick. Um, right. a, a, okay. a guy, a guy who was, listen, you know, when I'm picking a Hokie, I mean, he was generational. It's, I, I feel like, I feel like every kid growing up in the time period, you know, owns just a couple years older than I am. We're in the same relative age group. Every kid growing up in that time period, you played Madden. Michael Vick was the cheat code for those who played GoldenEye on 64 back in the day. He was like odd job, right? Like you would rush to pick odd job in your characters when you were playing GoldenEye, just like you would rush to try and get the Falcons and be Michael Vick and Madden. Um, I, he was, he was a game changer. He was electric. He was one of the first dual threat quarterbacks to, to really bring that and Steve young and some other guys, but to really take it to the next level in the NFL, uh, Michael Vick was cool, man. There's no other. There's no other way to put it. So he's on my list. That's hard to argue with. And and you know what? I wouldn't caught a touchdown pass if I'm mistaken. From sure Michael did. Vick. Sure did. We had to yank that out of him one day. But, sure did. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to go. And again, it's a guy that that you spend some time in Seattle with. But the dude just strikes me as swab squared. Okay, everything about this dude seems cool. Now, either it's all show or it's legit. And as somebody who, who, you know, was grinding in a locker room, in and out, you saw the best and the worst of him. Uh, I'm going to go with this guy. Of course, there's pretty boy syndrome at this position anyway. He's a receiver. But uh, i got to go with Nate Burleson. How can Nate Burleson not be a cool daddy? A good I mean, one. He just is a Mac daddy, right? I mean, so he, maybe I'm he wrong. was my, he was my, like, also receiving votes. He was my first one out. He would have been, he would have okay. been my sixth. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's a good one. That's a real good one. And he's obviously I mean, doing, uh, doing big things now as well, too. Yes. I mean, you just um, listen to like 30 seconds. You feel like you're listening to Fonzie, you know, it's. Uh, so, so, okay. I like that. So I, I'll, we'll go back to me, uh, Jason Kelsey and Mike Vick. Uh, I'll go with, uh, one of the WVU teammates that I chose here. Uh, Pat McAfee. I mean, come on. King, King, King of cool, the new King of media. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. He's on WWE at WrestleMania. He's he's jumping off of this and that on college game day into the river. He's got his own show. And again, from someone who was in college around the same relative time period as Owen Schmidt, uh, anyone who was in Morgantown, I think from what, about 05 to 2010-ish. You've heard some Pat McAfee stories. You might have even seen him walk into Bent Willie's in his tie-dye T-shirt and just start buying out the place. Uh, that happened from time to time. Pat McAfee on my list for Owen's coolest teammates. Okay, I like that we're mixing this in and out of some that we consider a little more obvious, like Nate Burleson, Pat McAfee. Uh, I- I'm going to bypass the other Pat because to me it almost – Wow, I, I, it would just seem too obvious to 
how can I don't know how many human beings have lived in the history of humanity, but only one has won as a starter, not just four bowl games, but five when you include senior, the bowl. senior bowl. But I'm not I'm not going with Pat White. And Denard Again, Robinson doesn't count. He was a wide receiver his senior year. Running Spare back. me. Running back. Yeah. Whatever. So, not yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go in a different direction back to WVU. Okay. Before we bounce back to the NFL. And I know that, that Big O has a lot of love for this guy because Big O loves fearless. And this dude was fearless. Now, when you look at the defensive room on those teams he played with, boy, there's a lot of options there. I mean, I mean, if you look at Reed Williams, you look at Morty Ivy, you look at Jay Henry, there's so many options, okay? Uh, Scooter Barry, but I, I'm going to go on the back end. And when I think of this guy, I think more of a fearless return man. And I'm going to go with Vaughn Rivers. Because, I mean, Vaughn Rivers, <laughs> again, just because I know Big O appreciates fearlessness, right? And when I think of Vaughn Rivers, I think fearless. I mean, he was going into the mouth of the cat to return any punt he had a chance at. He hated fair catches. He'd take the abuse. He'd take the punishment. He'd take the shots. Uh, so, again, stepping out on a bit of a limb, uh, much like I did with Markell. But I'm going to go Vaughn Rivers as a long shot teammate at WVU. Uh, that's a great one. I love that one. I'll take the low hanging fruit. Then I got Pat white on my list. Now he's, he's, he's a classic cool, right? Like he's not, he's not pull up to the party in the, in the big flashy vehicle and step out with the trendy outfit. Pat's classic cool under the radar, but he's like the guy, you know, we're, we're, we all get to that point. Like you go to the party, you go to the nightclub, whatever, and the music's playing and the drinks are flowing and you're having a great time and it's awesome. But eventually the night winds down and, and you don't want to hang out with your chaos agent friends anymore. You want to, you know, sit down, have one last nightcap, maybe throw in a Chosky, whatever the case may be, and wind the evening down with your buddy who you can just, you know, shoot the shoot the breeze with, right? And and tell funny stories of the evening and, and these different things and laugh about that funny thing that one guy did and laugh about that one girl who slipped and wiped out on the dance floor and your buddy getting rejected 37 times trying to get someone's phone number. Pat White's that guy to me. <laughs> classic cool like cadillac cool well i'm not going to dispute that okay so are we down is this my fifth one Wes? right fifth and final fifth and final okay this was what made it difficult was limiting this to five so we have as you touched on the getting votes category obviously uh charlie fry is getting no votes okay we know charlie fry is not popular with 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 the Owen Schmitz of the world, okay? Former quarterback from the MAC, who we spent some time with in the NFL. Uh, now, when you look at the candidates, he played with a former Super Bowl MVP in Deion Branch. I'm like, are you kidding me? But but still, moving past that, he played with Deshaun Jackson. Now, what's interesting there, not only did he play with Deshaun Jackson, but even back in college with the video game, you had some history with Deshaun Ooh, Jackson, good if call. I'm not mistaken. So I was very- yeah, we were both on the there. cover. Yeah. See, there you go. You were you were part of that shoot when you guys were both on the cover, the different versions of the cover, and you spent some time with him playing with the Eagles. So I was tempted there, but at the end of the day, the old quarterback in me said, "Hey, you got to go for a quarterback." So I moved past Darren McFadden, all right. And I was like, "All right, if I'm going to go with a quarterback, I'm not going to go with Mike Vick. Fair enough. I'm going to go with the established veteran who kind of teaches you how to be a pro." 
I tinkered with Hasselbeck because he strikes me as that guy. But instead of that, I ended up landing when you were with the Raiders, you played with Carson Palmer. Now that's kind of like playing with Carson Palmer with the Raiders is almost like being on the tonight show after Johnny Carson. You know what I'm saying? It's like, (laughs) that wasn't peak Carson Palmer. Right. But still Carson Palmer struck me as the pros pro Mm -hmm. a guy that you could learn so much from a master of all laid back West coast guy. He struck me as that guy. If you're in there watching tape with him, or if you're having meetings with him, He's coaching kind of every position, and there's a certain suave element to that in and of itself. But again, maybe it's just the quarterback in me who I, I just, you know, fanboy over that kind of thing. But Carson Palmer struck me as a super cool kind of dude. I like that one. You got to get some California cool on your list. And uh, here's mine. This is my off the wall one, Big O. All right, and I need I need your if this guy's not in your top, which I mean, hey, you your top five is your top five. I like, but I need to know your thoughts on this guy at least. Uh, I'm going with Seabass, Sebastian Jan- Janikowski <laughs> as as my final one, and I know two kickers in my top five. If that doesn't really speak to the party boy nature of the position, right? But how many players have been in the NFL from Poland? How many dudes have been first-round picks as kickers? 17th overall. He won a national championship in college. And, again, if you're somebody who's familiar with any of these things, he had a bit of a reputation as a party boy, had a couple, nothing serious, but a couple, you know, let's say intoxication incidents out in public with the police. You're making a case. An incredible, an incredible, like I would, he's, if I was making a list of athletes that I would love to sit down and have a beer with, he's got to be on the list. He's just from, from Poland, college national champion, party boy, first round pick as a kicker, played for no eight days in the Al Davis era still as well. Uh, my fifth and final little off the board, but you know, I, 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 I wanted to get this one in there. Seabass, Sebastian Janikowski. All right, Owen. Before you give us your five, talk to me about Seabass. Did you, did you ever have any cold ones, any suds with uh with the kicker from Poland? I did not have any with Seabass, although I knew very much of the legend uh, <laughs> going into Oakland. Um, it was actually Sean, the punter, uh, who actually that would have been that was the guy. Uh, who was there? Was a lot of OGs on that team, honestly. Uh, Seabass, him, uh, Carson Palmer. Um, you did have some good vets on that roster, and uh, Marcel Reese. Those were guys who were kind of the same class as me, but really were established NFL players. Um, that was a really fun team. Uh, actually, I have a good story about Carson Palmer. They were all playing, uh, I think we were playing blackjack on the plane back from Miami, and I ended up winning like a ton of money off those guys. So much to the point where they were like, yeah, you can't leave till we land, dude. <laughs> like, you're on the hook till we land. Oh. Um, Did but I would absolutely say that Carson was a true pro's pro. Um, Does he want it back? You got You got to finish. Oh, hell no, he didn't win it back, dude. I, I, <laughs> I think I maybe lost like 100 or $200 after that. I mean, I was, it was a lot of luck, but it was like dealer paid out, right? So I'm playing with my <laughs> per diem 
and uh, I ended up I ended up winning like four or five grand on the on the trip back, which was like a nice little bonus check for me, honestly, uh, yeah. in that season. But uh, let's uh, well I'll run you guys back. Let's we'll we'll just say uh, if I had to say. Uh, oh, okay. So OGs in uh, Seattle. Okay, you guys obviously Nate Burleson was a was a pros pro. Um, he wasn't my true OG. I would have to say would have been a shot between TJ Duckett and Julius Jones. Um, TJ Duckett. Yeah, dude. And because I grew up watching those guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. State's finest. Yeah. Uh, and he was a big back. Um, I was coming in as a rookie, obviously, with two veteran running backs. Those were kind of the guys that, uh, you know, just I thought had the swag. You know what I mean? And there was, trust me, there's a lot of guys on that team that had the swag. They were uh, Lofa Tutupu. Uh, he had, he definitely had the swag from USC. Uh, he was a beast. Um, but I would say, if I had to say either one, uh, my pick would have been, in my eyes, TJ Duckett was was the guy. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's going to blow you that. guys that's a good one. little bit. That's a good one. I can see that. All right. Michigan State guy. Yep. Uh, you know, big back in, with Atlanta. Um, when I was with uh, the Eagles, absolutely, it was Michael Vick. I was so intrigued. I was actually uh, close proximity to his locker. Um, and I would ask questions all the time, kind of just like some thing, you know, like what, you know, in my eyes that he has come over so much adversity through what he yeah. went through. Not only was like Wes, you were saying like my college roommate at river falls, Troy Foss, and I'll never let him live this down. Dude took out a credit card just to buy his shoes. <laughs> okay. Just to buy that's the it. Michael Vicks. That's it. That's it. Just to buy them. I mean, that's how big Michael Vick was. And then I'm like sitting next to the dude. And I'm thinking like, I, I you know, just so many questions. But me, myself sitting there, I'm like, all right, man, be cool, dude. Don't say anything stupid, all right? <laughs> you know cool, I mean? man. Be cool. Be cool. Um, Funny conversation. Michael probably never talked to me if I do say this, but I said what his magazine of choice was. It was Brazilian. He did. Uh, he did say that that's what it was. I love it. Uh, moving on, uh, and I would say Kelsey developed. I mean, we kind of hit it off. We were both in the Big East, so we played against each other. They, he kind of knew my reputation. Um, you know, obviously from West Virginia. Uh, but yeah, it was a brief, short moment. He was in the he was in the gang. I had a very tight knit group of guys when I was with the Eagles. Chad Hall, who's Riley now Cooper. Buffalo coaching wide receivers, uh, Riley Cooper, yep. uh, who ended up retiring. Now he's doing all the hunting, fishing down in um, down in Florida. And then Mike Kafka, and we all know, you know, he'll be he's going to be you know somewhere as a head coach here soon in the NFL one of the brilliant minds from Northwestern. We were kind of like a little crew. And then you got Cole Anderson, who was a hellacious special teams guy. That was kind of like, that was our little, our little gang there for a couple <laughs> of years. 
while I was there, but man, we, we had a lot of fun. And, uh, those were some of the, you know, some of the best memories from Philly was just hanging out with those guys. And then I'll say we transitioned to, uh, Oakland. I'd have to say, like I said, I mean, Carson was just so up there on the spectrum. He kind of basically said, you know, I got a hundred That was the whole, I got a hundred million dollars in the bank deal. And, uh, you know it's what tough, I mean? It's and, tough not uh, to be cool and relaxed whenever you have a hundred right. million dollars in the bank. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, this obviously someone's a boss when they say that, you know, right. Uh, right. Completely true pro. Just like you said, Jed, but yeah, McFadden and, uh, and Marcel, uh, almost got arrested the first night I was there after I made the team with a story from them we ended up they ended up going to this real high-end uh gentleman's club in san fran and uh i had gotten pulled over i was following them and uh i think mcfadden was driving a lexus and marcel was in a porsche porsche and i was in this like little v-dub hatchback and they're flying bobbing and weaving through traffic obviously i've never even been to california uh, for very long, much long, uh, you know, being on the main drag and I get in, I end up getting pulled over by this cop. Right. And I had a couple suds. We were just Mike Goodson. We were celebrating his birthday and, at Hooters and I had three tall boys and they were like, yeah, let's go down. You know? And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do this. And I get pulled over. Cop comes to the passenger side window, which I thought was weird, but he, you know, that's what he did. And he's like, Hey man, uh, you're going a little fast. And I was like, man, I'm going to tell you straight up what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I was following, I just made the Raiders and that's I'm Darren McFadden up there, dude. I was like, yeah. I was following Darren McFadden, Marcel Reese are my teammates now. I was like, I couldn't keep up with him, obviously. That's why I was, I'd probably look so erratic uh, through traffic, trying to keep up with him. You were by yourself? I was by myself. <laughs> and I'm like thinking to myself, like, dude, I'm screwed. I'm screwed, man. Uh, and the guy was like, you know, he let me go. <laughs> That's awesome. Who do you think still has three times? You were the cop. Yeah, that's huh? right. Yeah. What? I he said, said who's he told, told that story, story more times yeah. through the years? You or that cop? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. And then what's even crazier is we went down to this, you know, I mean, nicest. It was the most high-end bar I'd even been to in my life. Super swanky. You know, a lot of nice girls in there. A lot of nice girls. <laughs> and uh, on the way home, I ended up taking a, like a wrong turn. And then I'm driving underneath uh, the Golden Gate Bridge into some like unauthorized area. Like I'm not supposed to be there. And there just happens to be like seven squad cars sitting there. I'm like, hey man, I'm not from here. I'm just trying to get back to, to Alameda. I made a wrong turn. He's like, yeah, man, you got to go back up there and get back on the bridge. And uh, I was like, man, I'm, I'm never. I will never take a sip of alcohol and drive a vehicle ever again, <laughs> man. 
good thing those good thing those cops were California cool as well, right? Yeah, they were they were cool as hell, man. I was very fortunate, and like I said, I wasn't I wasn't completely sure. destroyed sure. or nothing, you know what I mean? But uh, I you didn't need your you lucky. didn't need your name in the papers either, too. After you had just made yeah, the team. absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. See, if we if we were guessing. And and Wes and I discussed this. If we were guessing your boys, like John Carlson for the Seahawks was your boy, right? Yeah. If you were if you were guessing my boys, John Carlson, me and him were we were right here. We were definitely cool. Yeah. I was so, I was super bummed when I ended up getting let go. Uh, of course, then he went to Minnesota, and uh, we parted ways anyways with Seattle. Um, after Pete Carroll had uh, come on and basically, you know, ruffled up yeah. the uh, the sure. roster to eventually, you know, what they did. Um, so yeah, and then in uh, in Philly, it was definitely the, the crew I told you guys about. Yeah. That was my uh, that was my squad. That's awesome. <clears throat> and then and then yeah, and then Oakland was short lived. I, I was just it was an in and out deal. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say as far as the cool factor, it would have been those guys that I told you, you know, Duckett, Vic, Carson, huh? Yeah, Duckett, Vic, and Carson for those scoring at home. We got three so far, right? Or is it, we have four, two, Duckett, Vic, two. and Carson Palmer. You didn't count Carson, yeah? No, I got, I got, oh, how many people total? So far out of your five, have we named? Oh, yeah, yeah. So if we're Three, just doing right? one, because I kind of rambled on and, and – and No, no, no. I'm just trying to track it. And then yeah, I'll have to say – Yeah, and then at West Virginia, I'll definitely have to say – I mean, Steve and Pat were just – they were so huge. Yeah, I can remember going to – I believe it was called Elements one night and just leaning against the wall next to those guys. <laughs> you know yeah. and it was like they were just you know swarmed they were large they were larger than life yeah they were larger than life dude i mean look at the stuff behind us i mean they were truly they were the dudes man yep right there behind me on the magazine dudes. and you know what too owen like that was kind of the last they were kind of a last of a dying breed in that regard too of don't get me wrong People are still huge on like Joe Burrow was still massive in Baton Rouge, right? Yeah. But it's it's different now in this social media age where everyone can follow Joe Burrow on Instagram and Twitter yeah. and they can and they can know what he likes and what he's into and and all and see what he's up to and what he's doing. Back when you were at WVU, that wasn't necessarily the I mean, not everybody was walking around with smartphones and what yeah. you know what I mean. And yeah. so, so when you actually got to be around these guys and see these guys, it was a big deal. And so you're right. I remember one time. All right, I'm gonna incriminate myself here, but I'm past the statue of limitations. When I was a <laughs> junior <laughs> when I was a junior in high school, 2007, big O, uh, I was 16 years old. I had an older cousin that went to WVU. And him and his buddies took me out and got me into Lazy Lizard, which is now that Joe Mama. Spot, dude. That was for the, spot. For, for the younger crowd. That's now Joe Mama's. So I was 16 years old in the Lazy Lizard. 
and hey, uh yes just to let you know there was probably a lot of other 16 year olds in there too <laughs> pat pat steve and noel because that was noel's freshman year were all in there and it was like wherever they walked it was like a orb it was like an aura just followed them around wherever they went and, and all these things and again that still that still happens nowadays for sure but not like it used to in the pre-smartphone and pre-social media days yeah i would agree 100 percent. it was it was that uh that's the love hate between the social media stuff yeah you could have built your brand but yeah. there was a nostalgia tied to you that like you said, you were just, oh my gosh, I'm seeing these guys in person. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I even had those moments. And uh, I remember, I can remember, and obviously I don't know what the girl's name was, but I remember standing next to those guys and we're, they were leaning against the wall. I was over there too. And I remember a girl coming up to me and being like, Oh my God, is that Pat White and Steve Slayton? Are you waiting in line to get an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, hey, hey, I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated too, all right? I was that third guy on the cover. Listen, and I legit looked at her and I and I I looked at her and I said, Absolutely I am. Absolutely I am. You're darn right. <laughs> You got a you got a sharpie, by the way. I left mine back in the back in the back of my apartment. I forgot my pen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, dude, like 25, 30 women, man. 25, oh. 30 women. Just I mean, it was it was incredible. And that was that was a story they probably don't even remember. You know what I mean? Sure. That was every everywhere I, they went. That was yeah. that was funny. Yeah, that was Unless it there's people telling these stories about Owen. 100%. There are absolutely 100%. people telling these stories about Owen. Matter of fact, I mean, if you're out and about with Big O anywhere, which I have been. Oh, Jed. Crazy what happens. The Baylor, the Baylor, the Baylor in the Oklahoma games last year that, 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 that uh, I went, that Owen and I went to together. You can't, you can't walk anywhere in Morgantown with this guy because you, you go Dude, 10 you yards. You can't walk anywhere in Oak Hill, West Virginia. He, somebody stops I mean, he him. Somebody stops. Somebody freaking him. doctor's office into the parking lot in three minutes. And, and you know what, there. too? Like, Listen, what is this? You want to know the most difficult part about being Owen Schmidt is like every 10 feet you walk, someone's like, here, chug this beer. Here, drink this moonshine. Here, yeah. take, Owen's true. like, You're Owen's like, like, with Owen's like, buddy, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. It's not six hours till the game. I got to pace myself a little bit here. <laughs> oh, and Wes, you know, I mean, hell, I was defeated, man. He was he was defeat that Baylor game. I basically Owen, slept Owen through the entire Oklahoma, game. I mean, the Oklahoma <laughs> game. Dude, I'm you, had a, slept. you had a you had a you coached a game the night before, so you only got yep. like two or three hours of sleep. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah poor, it was great poor. To Morgantown, and it was like it was so on. Big, Owen. Are there Owen, are there any Jed, are there any Jed, Owen that goes, we wouldn't guess that we wouldn't guess that that are just whether it was a WVU or in the NFL that. You wouldn't think outsiders would guess they're just super cool or something. But Dan Moses. Whatever. Well, I would say like too, like, you know, Mark Magro was a big Ooh, that's a good one. Um uh, you know, I'd say it was he was really an inspiration for me too, because it was we were obviously opposite positions, but the ones that battled together, uh Mark probably could have been a fullback, just like I probably could have been a linebacker. Um, 
and you were side by side we, on special teams sometimes with him. Yeah, we both worked super hard. Uh, you know, that was kind of the matchup when we did one on ones on board drills. Um, we were always competing in the weight room together. It was a guy who really uplifted, um, you know, my efforts and, and, and two totally different people. Mark uh, is very strong in his faith. Um, great guy. Uh, and then you got me who is, <laughs> you know, I'm the party boy. I'm the guy who likes to live life and enjoy it, enjoy it, live in the moment. And that's who I am. So it was always a, uh, you know, he was my yin to, to, to the yang. Yeah. I like that. I and like you know, we, we mentioned this when Rich was on the show, but unless I'm mistaken, when Phil Brady faked that punt, if you look at the three Mountaineers that were closest to Phil Brady, two of them were Owen and Magro, right? Mm -hmm. Weren't you guys side by yeah. side? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. As a yeah, protector, we really yeah. And that's Fred punt formation. Yeah. Yeah, Jed, that 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 Oklahoma game, it's like 830 in the morning, right? And big Big O calls me and he goes, hey, I just parked. I'll be at your I'm walking to your tailgate now. I'll be there in 10 minutes. I got sweet. Awesome. Got got some got some breakfast and some booze waiting for you. 45 minutes later, Big O calls me and he goes, dude, I'm so sorry. I, I'm trying to make it through the blue lot, but I can't. I keep getting stopped. <laughs> People, I'm telling you, it's, it's like don't understand. Ask, it's, it's, it's hard fan. being popular. All right. People don't understand how hard it is being popular. If you ask the, the average fan, the, the average Mountaineer fan to identify the Mount Rushmore of 06, 07 players, it's, uh, it's not two guys. It's three. Oh, and you're right there. It's yeah, you are. You absolutely it's Steve, are. it's Pat and it's you. And if you have to throw a fourth player in, it probably would. Noel would probably work his way in there, I would guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, I tell but you it's what, too, the three of you, it's the three you, U.S. players that people identify most with and recognize as part of that team and spearheading that team. And and I don't know if you can see it. It might be a forest for the trees thing. It really might. And you might look at them in reverence and say, "Hey, they were so you know uh, famous." I definitely look at them like that. Uh, that's that's kind of how I always looked at them just not that I didn't feel like I was a part of it but it was just they you know, in, a, in a group of players yeah. in the NCAA yeah. and I was coming from a division three school yeah, it was your like, defense. what the hell is going on right yeah. now in a team, yeah. in a team, Owen that had a lot of players and a lot of personalities that stood out those two stood above the rest Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, McAfee, cool from... or goofy? <laughs> uh, 05 to 07, McAfee, cool or goofy 05 to 07? Both? Oh, McAfee was cool as hell back then. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's tough to say. When you say full-on coolness, I, I'm i and you're saying the Fonz, Stephen Pat You're thinking the, 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 the Fonz. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. That's Stephen great. Pat were the Fonz. Stephen Pat were the Fonz. They they snapped and somebody came to dance with them, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, dude, they were the dudes. I mean, if oh, I wanted to be more soft-spoken to, right? It was Steve Slade or Pat White, dude. Well, I'll, Steve I'll, I'll, was soft-spoken, right? He was kind of the soft-spoken guy, right? Steve who? was. Steve. I'd was say they more... both, they both but, weren't very you know, boisterous. I mean, I would say if you were, but if you're comparing the two, yeah, Steve 
didn't like he his he let his emotions out some. Pat was a little more vocal with them. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, both those guys I thought for who they were were extremely humble. Um like like it didn't strike me. Steve never struck me as the type of guy who would even on the sidelines, imitate the Panther growl at Heinz Field. Like, like that, right? Oh, yeah. When Pat was playing the game, he was having legit fun. Yeah. He was having fun. It wasn't like... When you're dicing everybody up, you better be having fun. I know, dude. Like, he was like, he was having fun. Like, and, you know, it just, it was such a crazy time, man. I'm telling you. You got to understand where I was coming from and then so many events had to happen for me to even get to the playing field. Yeah. yeah. You know, we had Pernell Williams and Jason Colson uh, who were above me for sure, because really it wasn't a fullback and a tailback type deal. It was just yeah, two right. tailbacks. Back. It was like a heavy back mm-hmm. and a, and a scat back. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it was. And then I just basically forced my way in there by learning the running back position, the fullback positions, and then, and then just, you know, and then just really working my, working my tail off, man. uh, And, and showing them that I could be the guy who could still make the zone reads and, uh, and and make the run game really tick. You know what I mean? And I'm sure coach McGee, he had talked to me, you know, after graduation was like, man, I really wish we would have done more, for you um which was funny because you know i was the guy who was always thanking everybody but uh obviously i appreciated that but when you got two studs and everything works with them you don't it's not that nobody else on the team was was you know worth getting the ball to it just it you know we had unusually long run like it didn't work like that. That's not how run game works. You know, usually yeah, you're right. pounding the ball, you're, you're pounding it. it out, yeah. I mean, we would just we we'd break long runs every 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 game, every quarter, we, every quarter. I mean, yeah, like every quarter. It was not a big but deal. So, to. I mean, it yeah. was a lot of it was a lot of fun, man. And those guys were great teammates. And um, you know, you it's great creases, being yeah. able to chat. I, I've talked to Steve some a little bit and. And briefly with Pat, I mean, obviously Pat's, uh, he's been busy. Okay. If you yeah. haven't checked his social media out, he's, he's, uh, he's got a growing family. Yes, he does. Um, he has yeah. even the score two two boys, two girls now. And, uh, and same and Steve's had his family rolling for a while. Now his son's getting, and, and, uh, they're getting older and, uh, you know, it'll be fun to, eventually get the three of us back and maybe reminisce sometime about you know the good old days heck Absolutely. yeah i'll well, say this Owen, yeah go ahead and then i'll close it down Here's what yeah. i was gonna say yeah I, I was gonna say let's cap this off this has been everything we thought of being more it was all about provoking stories from you that's really what this was about we just wanted to to get you rolling with dress it up and, and that's what we wanted and you gotta poke the bear man let's close with a speed round all right very quickly, hit the college level and the pro level. Biggest smack talker you ever played with and against in college, with and against, 
and in the NFL with and against. Biggest smack. Jeez, that's a whole nother episode, Jed. (laughs) We'll we'll double back to it later. I want to hear names. I'd say Vaughn Rivers talked the most smack. Okay. And what about against in college? Oh, man. Against, honestly. HB Blades. I didn't really pay much attention (laughs) to any of that stuff, man. I was like, I was a guy who would smash you into the ground and just get up and walk back to the huddle. <laughs> like, I didn't okay, even care. I NFL. Mean, I never said a thing. Biggest NFL. Fall. Yeah. Oh. I'd say Tito Spikes talked a lot of smack, man. Yeah. Tito Spikes talked a lot of smack. Now, guy we played with that talked a lot of smack. I know Asante Samuels talked a lot of smack. He still does. Yeah, He's, yeah he talked a lot of smack. Dude. You see him last week? The, the biggest guy I played with that, he talked a lot of smack. I, I remember him giving me the nod after I jumped over that guy from the Giants, uh, <laughs> which was really cool because I felt like I was a part of the team then. Asante did? Yeah. I had jumped, you know, because – Leonard Weaver had blown his knee out, and then they, I I was just on the team. Like, I, well, I had made the tryout, and then, you know, I was – you got – everybody on that team made plays, dude. It was like – it was it was, it was was crazy. We had Good such a little – Deshaun, yeah. Yeah, dude, Deshaun Jacks – or, yeah, Deshaun, Jeremy Macklin, Jason Avant, Brent Selleck, Shady. Uh, I mean, Michael Vick. I mean, that was our offense. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. That is and crazy. Marty Morningwig was our was the old coordinator. Yep. It was like, yep. dude. I mean, it was crazy. That's dude. electric. It really is. That's an electric group. Absolutely. Well, Big O, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for letting us pick your brain and stir some of these memories. I'll say this though for you. While I think you're right here, like you know, um, Pat and Steve had the aura back. Well, you had an aura as well, too, but those guys were kind of in their own stratosphere. Now, after the fact, feels like McAfee is kind of in his own stratosphere with yeah. everything that he's done in the last decade or so. But I'll tell you this right now, and this is not just me BSing you because, you know, because I love you and because we're buddies now and we do this podcast and everything. If you were to poll West Virginia fans, let's say age 30 and older, right? About I'm 32, about my relative age group and older, 30 and older. If you were to pull West Virginia fans and say you can meet one former Mountaineer at the fishbowl for a beer, who is it? Buddy, I guarantee you, you run away with that vote like a beer truck down the sideline. All right. It was so perfect, Owen, because you you were what they weren't. You know right. what I mean? Like one was the speed, one was the muscle. Oh, absolutely. You're the 18 wheeler. You know what I mean? It's like it's, you it's the right. perfect it's compliment. Right to those two and you rounded everything out. I mean, the three of you together were this, that was the perfect set. That was the Holy Trinity. It was it's true. It's like, like the race car, the muscle it. car yes. and the, and the Titanic the race car, the muscle car and the 18 wheeler. I mean, that, that's what you were dealing with. And, and that's what people had to contend with and trying to stop that offense. And, and that you, you brought a dimension to it that wouldn't have existed without you. I, I mean, Noel was another speed car, right? But you were the yeah. muscle to that to that speed and finesse that made everything so explosive and difficult and and so yeah you're selling you're 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 being the humble guy that you are and selling yourself short but 
But from the outside looking in. Well, Jed, you got me gushing over here, bud. See, there you go. You know, I mean, I'm telling you. I'll tell you what, I haven't seen seen him. I haven't seen him blushing like this in a long time. I'll tell you. Mountaineer Mountaineer Field's one thing. I I would almost expect it in those trappings, right? But we're just at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at a doctor's parking lot in Oak Hill, West Virginia. He's in his UPS uniform. I'm like. And you would have thought it was the middle of the third quarter of the Louisville game. I was like, like, what is this? (laughs) Anyway. The the older ladies love me, Jed. Well, we'll spend the next episode telling all the bad stuff about you. That's We'll we'll, we'll balance it. (laughs) Yeah, join us next week when when Owen throws his worst and his least favorite teammates under the bus. We're going to revisit every turnover you ever had. I mean, we're going to talk about all those things. Yes. Every missed block. Next week, we'll talk about that. One final thank you before we get out of here to our friends at Fortis uh, for roof performance and financial security guaranteed. Visit fortis.us.com. This was a lot of fun. We'll have a couple more of these goofy episodes here in the the next month or so before we get to the nitty gritty, before we get to the meat and the potatoes as we inch closer and closer to September 2nd. But we hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did. Uh, big thanks to all of our presenting sponsors and to our uh, our producer slash host slash everything behind the scenes, Skylar Callahan, for putting this all together as well, too. I'm Wesley Euler for the best teammates in the business, Jed Drenning and Owen Schmidt. The one thing we ask of you is to be an ear and tell an ear about your Believe. new favorite WVU football podcast. And, yes, we are asking you two things for the next couple weeks. Uh, And that is to make sure you're subscribing to the correct podcast feed as well, too. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.